Hi, this is Martha. And Anatole. From Lucid Grain, and you're listening to Synth Stories on Ask Audio. In this episode of Synth Stories, we're taken on a melodic, ambient, and experimental sonic journey with Martha Plehetka, you might know as Panic Girl, and Anatole Locker from Ambisonics and Spheric Lounge, who have formed a modular synth supergroup, Lucid Grain. They've just released their debut album, Rise and Fall, where they construct ambient vibes that balance the chaos of continually evolving acoustic worlds. The track they're about to break down was created specifically for this episode of Synth Stories and combines a wide array of Eurorack modules, resulting in some breathtaking and frankly wonderful sounds. Enjoy. So Lucid Grain is quite a young project. Anatole Locker and myself, we met about a year ago and discovered that we both love modular synthesis. We have both a modular case with which we play very often. And uh, then we decided to play together at a jam session and the tracks that came out of it were very, very nice. We really enjoyed it. And the special thing about it for me was actually that we, um, we always met and we didn't know what the other one had planned or what sounds the other one had prepared. So it was always very exciting not knowing what was coming next and what was happening next, what sounds would be coming. And you always had to react to the sounds. And uh, yeah, that was always a long recording, a long flow. And yeah, we enjoyed that very much and decided to record several more of those jam sessions and then take the best parts out of it to make listenable tracks because the jam sessions were usually 30 to 50 minutes long. So that is a little bit too long to listen to in one take, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what was uh, totally surprising, it pretty much clicked on the first jam session. And I think um, it really depends when you're playing live on a modular synth, there are so many things that can go horribly wrong. <laughs> if you uh, aren't listening to the person you're playing with, um, you might overdo it, you might get too loud. On the other hand, a modular system tends to have a life on its own a little bit. And it's fun to see if you can take this beast, as I call it usually, the, the modular case, um, if you let it do a little bit of life on its own and try to regain control while it's playing itself through sequencers, through uh, modulations, you have to get a little bit, let it get out of hand and then take control back to get some interesting musical things out of it. Yeah, that's what I love about it too. The more happens unexpected, the better, I guess. Uh, it has to be in tune, of course, though not all of it, maybe. <laughs> that can be very charming as well from time to time. But the more happens unexpected and uh, surprises you on the way, the better. And uh, so many beautiful results come out of it. That's really the, the beauty of, of a modular case, in fact, yeah. I mean, most people are using it not for jamming live, but for recording bits and pieces, which they then incorporate into their own sounds. But I really would encourage everyone to go that extra mile, find someone, go to a meetup. Uh, that's where Marta and I met a modular meetup here in Munich, Germany. 
and go out, experiment. The only things that can happen are, as Bob Ross says, happy little accidents. <laughs> and that's what we're all looking for. And so Martha usually uses a lot of melodic stuff and comes up with great, uh, these little melodic figures, things which she then modifies. And I'm the sample guy, so I'm more trying to add color to what we're doing. And also, um, sometimes I'll go with the mutable instrument clouds, I'll go for a little grainy stuff and bits and pieces. And that reflects a little bit more of what I'm doing personally. So uh, more into getting into samples, whereas Martha on her modular work uh, goes into high melodic and really lovable stuff. Also, when we are jamming, we're always listening what the other one is doing, how the whole sound is doing, and then we adjust our melodies, our rhythmical sequences, our sample stuff, our noises. If it's very rhythmical, then I would, you know, add a pad maybe. So it's always, yeah, very spontaneous and very in the moment we decide what to do. In every track, both of us were playing all of the time, yeah. I would say, yeah. And what exactly always depended on the track then? What was needed to make it a little bit more melodic or rhythmical always depended on the jam session. Yeah, and also sometimes we used uh, other external gear. So we're using, I'd say, the Eurorack for 99%, but sometimes we have the occasional drum beat or sample coming from the Digitect. Then we had also played some very old radio samples from radio recordings, which we also used uh, playing through a regular phone as a, a sample player. And yeah, what else did we have? I think um, crazy folk tech stuff uh, will be the next thing that we will be experimenting. I oh, just yes. got a mescaline which is a nice little system, which... A weird also, little system. A weird little system, <laughs> which also has a life on its own, so, yeah. And I uh, used also um, the iPad on occasion with the sampler, for example, on it. I love that app very much. And the glider verb and another app that does granular stuff as well. And always depends on the track, but I also use the Avalanche run from earthquake devices i love that one and uh, i have a muga fuga ring modulator that sounds very crazy if you want it to sound like that and um, from time to time of course the arp 2600 <laughs> that we connect with our cases with our modular eurorack cases from time to time and that's about it i guess the thing is, it's currently not possible or it's impossible to recreate the exact sound as we have done on the record. So what you get now is an extra bonus track, which we <laughs> already have done and uh, finished. And what we'd like to do is to dive in two or three modules that we're currently using. Martha will take a look at the telharmonic and also at yarns and I'll go for the mainly for the morphogene. Let's call it the Thanksgiving track because <laughs> yes. we would uh, we were um, first performing it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we've already did some pre-recordings on that, so we will incorporate it in the podcast, of course. 
So as you probably know, a modular case is something that you have to hook up and uh, try to get something very special out of it. And the second you turn a knob, things sound a little different. So it's not possible for us to recreate exactly what we have done on the album as there is no total recall feature on a modular. So what you're gonna listen next is a short piece that we've prepared for this podcast now. And then we'll dive a little bit in how we were using the modules. What you heard right now was a track that isn't on the album as mentioned and we just created a new one because uh, as Anatole mentioned it's very very hard or impossible even to recreate a patch when it gets a little bit more complex and for this track we had two three row cases in use and in my case there are modules like for example the make noise telharmonic which I will explain a little bit more in detail in a second. Then, for example, the Make Noise Renee sequencer that I love very, very much and it's patched in every sound that I make. Then uh, I have the Plonk 
module. That's a physical modeling module by IntelliGel. It's quite fresh, quite new on the market and uh, very enjoyable. And I have the amplitude and tone controller by Verbus Electronics, for example. And um, the algorithm from the Harvestman that I use very, very often, that's a, a bit crusher and a wave shaper as well. And it does unique noises and yeah, wave shaping. And uh, what else do I have here patched at the moment? The Echo from Dreadbox. It's a very simple module, but it sounds so warm and so charming. I love it. I use it very, very often. And the Yarns by Mutable Instruments. It is a MIDI interface, but I actually use it for all the other stuff <laughs> by now mainly. So, um, yeah, maybe you can give us an overview? Yeah, sure. Um, I also have a 9U unit here. And I use a lot of uh, the Döpfer bread and butter stuff. Um, they've got a great LFO in example. I'm using a VC ADSR here. Um, also some mixers, VCAs from Döpfer. Great company, great stuff, I think. Also, when I was getting into modular a year ago, I bought a system concrete from Make Noise. And actually, I really fell in love with the Phonogene, which is the predecessor of the Morphogene. And the Phonogene and the Morphogene are, what can I say, a 50s tape studio in a box. And it's pretty much a great instrument on its own. So often I just sit there and take a look at it and try to tweak a little bit. It plays is a sample player, but it uses the metaphor of a tape reel machine, which means that you can get different splices out of it, which is, I think, a very nice feature. And I usually do my own samples. And for that, I go to Archive.org, get some free samples from there, or record something on a very, very cheap shortwave radio, which is a great sound source, especially if you're going down to the nitty gritty parts of it. And also I'm using on a Mac, Glitch Lab 4, which also is a nice thing, reactor and the occasional field recording to get the morphogene at its best. Also, I have in there, like Martha, a plonk, which is a nice thing from Applied uh, Acoustic Systems, which also have that great uh, chromophone out. A little bit of endorphins, a further generator, which is a gnarly, pretty brutal, it's capable of being very noisy sounds and uh, several things from Bustle. And for that, I also have uh, one filter which I love to death, and that's the cinnamon, especially if I use it in the bandpass mode, because it can get very raspy and you can roughen up sounds pretty, pretty strong. So for this patch, I used the Telharmonic quite extensively, and um, I will just solo as much as possible here <laughs> the sound, wait a second. So, that's the Telharmonic. Yeah, I use it very often. It sounds very unique in my ears. And it's a multi-voice, multi-algorithm uh, module as it stands in the manual. Um, and yeah, it has three outputs. Here, for example, the noise output, as you can hear. You could, of course, edit it a bit. And then you have the other two outputs which are quite special. 
because they have three voices in one output, as you can hear. And those three voices at the harmonic output and at the phase mod output, you can configure how those three voices are spread among each other. So of course you can uh, set the basic tone uh, with a knob and then you have the interval and the, the degree which determine, as you can hear, it can really change drastically how those different voices out of one output can change in relation to each other. So, uh, yeah, the harmonic and the phase output both have those three voices and you can also, of course, edit the timbre of the sound with th those other knobs, which makes it a very round and versatile module and it furthermore has hidden behaviors which I really love, for example, the, and that I had to write down, I admit it, uh, the three voice shift register mode. Um, and uh, that's a mode you can access by pressing the H-lock button for two seconds. And then you have even another sound you can use out of the telharmonic. And uh, yeah, it sounds a little bit more softer in my ears, a little bit more soothing and that's because those three voices that you have at one output only one voice updates at a time with the normal mode you always have all three voices updated and changing with incoming control voltages and with this mode only one voice changes and that makes it a little bit more yeah more soothing in my ears and that's what I love about it very much yeah, and that's one sound that I use very often because it sounds so different in every patch and you can just tweak a little bit of an op and it has such a different sound. So um, yeah, I use that one very often. I would like to, to go into the morphogen a little bit. So just a second. Well, uh, as said, I've prepared several reels and samples for playing live with Lucy's Grain here. And uh, one of these samples is just a regular thing. I've cut it from a radio station and it goes like this. That is unavailable. You've reached the station. Please try again later. We're sorry. You've reached the station that is unavailable. And as you can hear, I've already have pre-cut some bits and pieces out of there, so it doesn't get the whole attention. Because if someone talks in music or if someone sings in music, this takes up everything from the attention. A voice is much stronger, usually a human voice, than every sound that we produce. So because we are um, conditioned, yeah. And what I usually do, I take one of these samples and try to change it a little bit with the morphogen. We're sorry. You've reached the station. You've reached the Unavailable. Unavailable. Sorry. You've reached. Sorry. Sorry. You've reached. Sorry. You've reached. 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 You've re
And as you can hear, you can change pitch, uh, you can dive in the window, the section of the sample, how you like it. Um, I'm going for another sample now. And the thing is, what you need for that is automation. So the second that you have to put your fingers on the modular itself, you're totally occupied. So that's where CV comes in, and I think that's a really a cool thing, because I've sided the morphogene with the maths, also a great uh, module by Make Noise, and also with a Döpfer digital LFO. And if I turn that up, it should sound a little bit different. And also, you need some effects for that. So what I'm currently using is the clouds. Uh, that's my only effects section in my rack right now. I plan to get some new stuff in there. I've ordered something on Kickstarter already from Coma Effects, and I plan to throw some modules out and others in. As you know, the second you get a modular, you get that gear acquisition syndrome. And that's also one thing that happened to me. So I'm using the bread and butter reverb from Clouds, which in my opinion sounds pretty good. So you just get some little bits and pieces in there which might add to the music in general. And also Clouds has an interesting nice feature which is the freeze button, so you can take something out of here. Just let me get back to my sample. And you can now start freezing very short window of what you're getting into Clouds. And what I'm doing now is I'm totally removing any input from the morphogene, so Klaus is the only thing that plays right now. You can change the pitch. Can make it more brutal. So, all in all, you can get a lot of noises out of these two modules alone. That was the brutal part. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very Sorry nice. for that. So I added some effects as well to uh, the telharmonic and that's for one thing the algorithm from the Harvestman that's a bit crusher and uh, wave shaper as I mentioned earlier and after the algorithm I patched it into the echo effect of Dreadbox and I'll just play a little bit with it.
So you can make that one very brutal as well if you like. You have several buttons with which you can put in wave shape algorithms. And there are four buttons which you can bypass, green and red. So I'll just put all of them in red mode. So that can sound a little bit noisy, but I love that from time to time. So you actually don't hear anything from the input signal, but um, yeah, you can use it otherwise. And of course make it a little bit more softer all in all. makes very interesting artifacts. I love those. And with the echo effect by Dreadbox, it's very simple. It only has feedback, time and mix, but it sounds very charming. So if I bypass it, the sound is like that. And with the echo, it sounds, yeah, very charming in my ears. And if you edit the time knob, you have those nice effects here. <laughs> so now we just hear three modules and you can do so much different stuff with it. It's really um, fascinating every time. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's really uh, the beauty of playing modular in general, that you have these interdependencies between modules. And sometimes if you um, patch in uh, several modules to have in a one-knob recall mode, uh, you really can get crazy results. And one thing, though, I would encourage everyone to use, especially if you're playing with another person, is use filters. Because if you're starting to occupy the whole frequency range with that beautiful little patch you made, you're not giving anyone else the chance of expressing their musical stuff. So really, if you're using filters in general, that really helps clearing things up and getting a better sounding recording. And for this patch, um, I also have the yarns here in this sound. And actually, I got it in the first place for the MIDI interface, but I use it by now for all the other stuff because it has internal sequencing functions, which are really great. So you can have up to four sequences, which can be up to 64 steps, I think. And uh, you also have an arpeggiator and uh, internal oscillators even. It has so many functions and they are very well thought through that I use it in every patch as well. And for this one I only edited this bassy sequence you can hear now. So this sequence is coming only from the Jans module with the internal oscillator. I think I used a triangle wave here and it's played by the internal sequencer as well. So I don't need any more modules for that and I could have up to four sequences and make a patch out of just the Jans actually. So 
that's a very great module to have a look into. We recorded, um, let's say, some jams, which were roughly 30, 40 minutes long. Sometimes we also did a second iteration, so played for an hour, hour and a half. And we recorded everything. And Martha was kind enough to give that a good bash up. And she really um, cut out probably the most interesting pieces of the whole session so that we have roughly seven, seven to nine, 11 minutes tracks. I think when it comes to modular, it takes some time to evolve certain ideas. And that's great if you can do that on stage. And it's great if you're having an audience. But for a format in the web, um, usually I think a 15 minute track, it shouldn't be longer than 10, 15 minutes unless you're going for the whole drone thing. So all in all, Martha edited a lot. And um, actually, what was your idea and recording uh, process behind that? In the editing? Yeah. I don't know. I just listened to the whole jam, all the 50 minutes, <laughs> if it was so long. And uh, then I had a second listen. And if I had the feeling that it got too repetitive, and if my mind was drifting somewhere else while listening, then I decided to just cut a little bit out of it. So I actually cut quite a bit because I wanted to keep most of the sounds, most of the, the flow of the track. But I just made it a little bit shorter here, here and there. Just, you know, like little beauty stitches. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and after that we just decued a little bit, gave it a little bit more depth. But uh, all in all we didn't do much editing. In the end it got a mastering. Two tracks were mastered by Taylor Dupree and the other tracks by the label uh, mastering engineer Low Pass, which did a really great job. We were so, job, yeah. so, uh, that sounds so great, really awesome. If we want to play this live, it's going to be a little bit complicated, but I think we definitely can make a set of 45 minutes, uh, shouldn't be a real problem because you can do some a little bit of recall in the Make Noise Rene and also in the yarns you can have some sequences stored which you can then recall so you've at least got the pitch information and the rest uh, might be a little bit of how can I say heavy plugging during the live gig itself so this is definitely a thing you want to prepare for because in modular as said happy little accidents happen all the time and especially if you're doing two or three tracks you have to get some things pre-patched otherwise you're going out into the unknown territories of sound <laughs> which can be daring and interesting also We've just released Rise and Fall by Lucid Grain. It's available on Bandcamp. You can buy it at iTunes. You can listen to it at Spotify and also some uh, bits and pieces on our own SoundCloud pages. And it's out just several days. We're um, getting some really nice reviews, especially from uh, people in the DJ community, which aren't are more interested in playing more experimental stuff, as we're not definitely not playing for on the floor stuff. And we plan to do some future releases. Yeah, we are planning to do another album on our label modular field and we would love to play live more often so if anybody is hearing this who would like to book us we are available everywhere if you pay the flight of course and <laughs> yeah we will see what happens next and we'll continue to jam and continue to patch our cases up and we are looking forward to it 
So I'm doing music as Panic Girl still and I have an album in progress at the moment and for other musical projects we are always open and yeah. it's always nice to play with different people or even live jam sessions in a bar or in a club or something like that and mm. we'll see what awaits. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently doing live techno sessions uh, together with uh, a group of people here in Munich, which is called Ambiosonics. We meet every month, usually, where you can join in if you want to. And also I'm having a duo, which is called Mock, with uh, a nice guy, a nice chap called Wolfgang Schmetterer. And we're doing also Electronica, which go a little bit more into the direction of uh, Panigol sound, a little bit more crazy trip-hoppy sounds, I'd say. And also I'm doing a lot of um, music for the Disquiet Hanto. I don't know if you heard of it. It's a mailing list where a lot of musicians get a challenge which you can respond to within four days. You have four days to complete a whole track. And I would really would recommend everyone listening to that uh, to check it out because it's an interesting challenge for yourself to play something in 333 Hz for four minutes. So they have crazy challenges out there and uh, it's definitely worth the look. A big thank you to Lucid Grain for reconstructing this track. You can find out more about their new album, Rise and Fall, at www.modularfield.io and it's also available to buy on Beatport and iTunes. If you'd like to improve your audio and music production skills from recording to synthesis, mixing and mastering, or any DAW software and plugins, check out the Ask.audio Academy. Listeners of Synth Stories can save $5 a month on a subscription to the Academy containing over 550 video courses by visiting www.ask.audio forward slash synth stories. Thank you for listening. <laughs>